Previously on Adventure They Wrote. There's a sharp knock on the door. A cop knock. The door opens to reveal a turtle draped in the colors of the Waterdeep Guard. Mm, Sergeant Croc, funny of you to be darkening my doorstep. Been a while, Max. Look, Max, I came here as a courtesy. I just wanted to let you know there's stuff going on above our pay grade. He kind of reaches into his cloak and he pulls out a piece of parchment. On the parchment is an address in the dock ward. Do we want to head down as a group and check out this address in the docks ward? So you arrive at the address and find a shipwright's yard with lots and lots of ships kind of in various stages of manufacture. They look entirely foreign to the types of boats that are normally in the Waterdeep Harbor. Do you mind if I ask who ordered these ships? He says, uh, well, I'm not really supposed to say, but seeing as how he's dead, that Gruck and Axe Haft guy. Well, if he's dead, who's uh, paying the bill? We're uh, delivering to his uh, old lady now. They call it the City of Splendors. Jewel of the North. But it's more like a spider's web or a beholder's lair. You're stuck as soon as you step foot in, and you can't tell your top from your bottom. When your best client is the imposing wife of a murdered smuggler, things can seem even more upside down than they always are. So yeah, to some, it's the city of splendors. To everyone else, it's just water deep. So, uh, the last time we played, you all went to the boatyard. Uh, you went to uh, Stonemast shipwright uh, and got some information about a fleet of ships that Grucken Axaft had commissioned before his untimely demise. Uh, now you had you wanted to come back at night and try to infiltrate the boatyard. Yes. And see what was going on. Is that the is that still the intent? Specifically the big ship. The main ship. We, and, and I prefer the term investigate, thank you very much. Yeah, because Odra was the one that was inspecting the largest ship, so we want to see what she was inspecting. Yes. That's right. And investigating gets rid of, like, sort of the nefarious connotations of infiltrating. Gilly would call it poking around, but... (laughs) Yeah. That's right. That's because we're doing legit work. Yeah, we're on the up and up. This isn't illegal, it's extra legal. (laughs) Super legal. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, okay. Do we want to uh, do we want to scope out the place before? Yes. To see if like there's a night watch person or. I think so. They probably have some sort of security. I think that's a good idea. No, no. Let's not all go running off to the docks to to scope it out. Let's get the people that actually are really stealthy to go do that part of it, and then we can kind of weave on the other other folks. I think we need to have more of a plan here, right? It can't just be, let's just walk up to the docks at night and see what happens. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. Whoever is stealthiest, uh, the Countess would like to also uh, bestow upon that person the blessing of the trickster um, in order to give advantage on stealth checks. I was also going to say I can give someone bardic inspiration to give them an ability check. A little bonus. uh, uh, Add to their ability check as well. A little bonus. Who is the stealthiest? I feel like uh, uh, Max and the Druid, right? I don't have great stealth, but I have natural camouflage. Should we give Blessing of the Trickster to the least stealthy? Mm. 
Yeah. To give them to give them a little bonus, right? Because I've got plus five to stealth. Yeah. Uh, actually, Gilly's really stealthy too. He's a monk, so. Do monks have stealth? Oh, he's trained in stealth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so maybe Max and Gilly. Yeah. But I do like Doran because Doran is, um, he could turn into different forms. That's true. Which makes it really easy for him to sneak. Yeah, I don't have to be stealthy. I just have to not be noticeable. Yeah, he can fit into like things. above notice. Mm-hmm. I probably stand out. The, well, I would say the Countess and Celine probably stand out the most. So Yeah, team tall. <laughs> well, the Countess does... The Countess actually has a disguised self, so she could change her change her look. Um, but I think it would probably be more beneficial to send Max and um, and Doran. How about this? We go down. If there's a guy, I can annoy him as an animal form while everyone does their stealth stuff <laughs> to give us an advantage. Like, are you going to be like aggressively begging as a dog, or like barking at him, or biting as you know? his pants and stuff just to bug him because most people they'll just be like ah oh, you darn dog because if there's a guy there he's also going to be looking like everyone's got to get on the boat don't do anything that's going to get you kicked yeah, yeah because we don't want we don't want to have to go to the dog pound and <laughs> no that's not happening I will not let that happen how off the rails would this campaign get if Brad got picked up by dog the dog catcher. catcher and you had to rescue him from the pound I, I think that's a great adventure I think that's a great adventure oh side let's, adventure let's, let's, that's a nice yeah. twist on like the prison escape yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that'll be maybe that'll be an extra an extra yeah. episode later is like Brad's rescue from the dog pound. Yeah. Too good. Okay, so is that the plan? Uh, Gilly and Max and uh, dog form Doran? Yeah, so Team Small, we will... Team Small. We will go and suss out uh, what the security looks like, and then we can reconvene a block or so away and uh, uh, make our infiltration for investigation. Ooh, that's a good hashtag. It's a plan. Who would like to get the um, blessing from the Countess? Gilly is always happy to be blessed by whatever deities might favor him. (laughs) All right. Countess, the Countess just um, puts a hand on Gilly's... He's wearing a a cap, is he? Yeah, Gilly wears a cap. So she's going to just lightly touch his cap and say luck be with you Gilly kind of looks back at the countess and smiles and says oh that kind of feels warm and tingly I like it <laughs> she just raises an eyebrow such a strange little creature <laughs> I'm gonna give bardic inspiration Max or Doran who prefers uh, let's give it to Doran that way he can just in, in the event that he has to Gets tripped up. If they try to kick me, I can jump out of the way better. Right. Yeah. Celine doesn't do a lot of theatrics with her hands, so she will just sort of wave at you and give you bardic inspiration so that you're prepared and be like, go on, you little thing, you. Dorn looks all pumped up. I feel great. <laughs> that sounded so inspiring, by the way. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah. He totally bought it, though. He's into it. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so Gilly and Max, I want you both to roll stealth checks. 
Uh, Doran, what uh, animal form are you taking for your infiltration investigation? I'm going to be a mangy uh, dock dog. Like, just your kind of rubble-rousing sort of dog. I love it. And I, I'm just going to kind of walk around and watch them. And if there's something that needs distraction, that's when I'll dive into action. Cat, what does the blessing of the trickster give me? You have advantage on dexterity stealth checks for one hour. And that is it. Well, that's all I need. <laughs> Gillian, Max, what did you get for your stealth? 15 on the dice, 20 total for Max. And Gilly, you have uh, uh, advantage here. Yes, I have advantage, and Gilly got a, let's see here, a 14. That's pretty stealthy. Uh, And these guards uh, have not been anticipating uh, much trouble here because it would be an absolute madman that would try to steal an entire boat, especially given who's paying for them. Um, So you're able to get pretty close, and no one really notices you. I'm going to just do a quick roll for the guards here. So what you're able to suss out from a guard standpoint, you can see a couple guards sort of milling around, uh, kind of walking, weaving in and out between all the um, boats. Some of them have mastiffs on leashes, and the mastiffs have sort of like little puppy, well, big puppy leather armor and their own kind of, you know, like, capped teeth. These are not pet dogs. These are vicious guard dogs. Fletch, um, Gilly uh, wants to get a better sense of, like, when you say a few and and what have you, how many guards are there, if I can get a good vantage point to see that, and how many of these dogs are there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, I, what I'd like you to do is roll a perception check for me. Okay. I'm trained in that, too. That's a 17. 17. And Max, you can go ahead and roll a perception check, too. That's a natural 20. 25 total. 25. You know, one of these days, I'm going to institute a webcam rule for these rolls, too, because I feel like you might be taking advantage I, oh man, I'm. I know that it's easy to to roll a dice, but I'm happy to take a picture. <laughs> Doran, I also want you to roll a perception check, but yours is with scent. So if you get advantage with uh, scent rolls on perception, go ahead and roll twice. Oh, I most certainly do. Oh boy, that's great. Nine. Want, do you want a picture? <laughs> I rolled a one and a seven. Well, we know Brad's not taking advantage of me. (laughs) Doran just has, like, a sinus infection. Smells like the dock. (laughs) Okay, so Gilly, you're able to see four guards and three dogs. Um, But Max is actually able to point out two extra guards that you missed in your uh, scope. So six guards total, three dogs... And, Brad, you don't know. Well, I'm, I'm wandering around. Are they... But they're not, like, reacting to my presence. You don't you don't detect anything extra. I'm just, like, wandering around the docks, like, smelling Some stuff. of the dogs... Some of the dogs have smelled you and, like, given you a look. But they are very well trained. And so they're not kind of going after you or anything. And because you're, like, this mangy 
you know, dock dog, that's something that these guys see all the time. So they're not, (laughs) they're very nonplussed by your presence. Fletch, I'd like to clarify a couple of things. So um, after conferring with Max, um, we have a total of six guards and three dogs. Three of the guards have dogs then. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So three guards without dogs, three guards with dogs, and they're all kind of walking a pattern around and through the boats um, to uh, try to maximize coverage. Oh, are these like town guards or are they hired guys for the dock? Hired guys. These are not men of the watch. They are um, just sort of like, they look like dock workers that are, you know, making some extra coin. Uh, keeping an eye on these ships. Um, also, with the insane 25 perception roll, Max, you can tell these guys are not really keyed in. They're not paying a ton of attention to you. Right. They are going through the motions. Are they focusing their attention on any specific ship, or are they just kind of meandering? Meandering. They, uh, no, imp- no particular ship is getting more attention than any other. Okay, uh, what are the sight lines like to the big ship that Odra was interested in? That's a great question. What I'd like you to do is roll an insight check. Insight, huh? Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, I am trained in that. 20. Of course. You so you're able to suss out kind of like the sight lines and where they're going around these boats, and you think there might actually be a path. Um, that with the right sort of sequence of movements, even the Countess could get through without being noticed by these guards. Gilly will turn to Max and let him know, hey man, I think that, uh, you know, if we kind of watch these guards a little longer and just kind of get an idea where their routes are, we might be able to make it to the boat without, you know, a lot of trouble. I like where your head's at. So Fletch, that's, I think what we want to do is spend, at least Max and I can spend some time uh, you know, just getting an idea, like if the guards move in any particular patterns, um, especially uh, as it relates to the large boat, large ship. So through observing the guards and their movements, you're able to suss out um, to the point that I made with Jason earlier. These guys are not really involved in this. Uh, they're here to collect a paycheck. They're just basically going through the motions. So it wouldn't be that difficult to sneak past them. Um, and given their uh, their movements, um, there is a pattern that emerges, and you're able to determine when and the path that you would have to take to get to the big ship. The challenge is going to be that the Mastiffs are much more alert, and so um, sneaking past the dogs is going to be more difficult because you have to um, stay far enough away from them Uh, that they can't pick up your smell, and you're not able to discern a pattern uh, that will let you through that. Okay, is there, like, a dock that leads out to the big ship? How is the big ship, you know, moored against the docks? Um, The big ship is actually dry docked right now. Oh, okay. There isn't a dock that leads out into the water. It's one of those, like, things that's cut into the ground. So they basically shove these ships into the water and then push them out once they're done being built. Does the ship have any uh, netting on the side or anything that would help you climb onto the ship if you got past the docks onto the dry dock? Ask the naval guy. 
Jason has a thing for belly buttons. You know it. (laughs) Keep it in. That stays in. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Yeah, so everything is on land. Uh, There's not really an approach through the water that would take you up. So we might not have to enter the ship the normal way. We might be able to climb the scaffolding if we need to. There's some... There's some scaffolding that uh, it looks as like it's being used in the construction. Now, the exterior of the ship is mostly built at this point. So it looks like the scaffolding is mostly used for workers to kind of get up into the ship so that they can work on the interior. Yeah, I think that that's probably the best the best option. Um, what I would like to do, what Max would like to do is try to see if there is any way for us to make a quick escape in the event that we are discovered while we are on the big ship. Yeah, how high is the deck from the ground if we have to, say, jump off the ship and and run? Hmm. Or how far away is the closest ship that we could jump to from there? (laughs) That's a great question. I'm thinking about it in my head. Yes, paint us a word picture. The the next nearest boat is not close enough to make a running jump. The top of the boat is 15 feet from the ground. It's not too bad. Just to clarify what this looks like in my mind, we've got this big dry dock area with multiple boats being built. Yeah. And the largest of these ships is in a recessed dry dock that has a uh, a track or a, a, some boards that run from the water off in the distance all the way up into this recessed pit and the top uh, deck of that biggest ship is 15 feet above the main sort of floor of the, the, the dry dock itself? Yes, that's right. Cool. Well, with that, the pathway only has to get to the dry dock at least, not to the ship, so it might be easier. How do we usually communicate with Doran when he's in his animal form? Well, I'm keeping an eye on you guys. That's like my main objective is if they start noticing you, I'm going to do something or Doran's going to do something. So if you guys signal to Doran, he'll he'll see it. Okay, sounds good. Uh, do we know where we left Celine and the Countess? That wasn't probably at a bar. Yeah, explicitly stated. I imagine like on the outskirts of the um, shipwright with like the Countess's traveling tea set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's just using sacred flame to boil some water. <laughs> All right. Well, what Gilly's going to propose uh, to Max is that we go get the Countess and Celine, bring them as close as we can get them without them being obviously seen, and then wait for a break and then break for it and make our way to the ship. I'm good with that. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so Gilly and Max are going to leave Doran to hang around the docks for a little bit and head back to where Celine and the Countess are enjoying their little tea party. That sounds great. So Team Short uh, is going to recount all of this information. Yeah, Team Short gives a rundown. That's because Team Short rules. Do we think that these Mastiffs might prove to be a problem? Asked the Countess. Gilly looks at the Countess and says, nah, they're just dogs. I mean, you know, they're dogs. They, we just have some treats on you. Celine looks back at Gilly and, yeah, but aren't they bigger than you? Them's fighting words. 
And she giggles just like that. Makes it a lot more fun. You know, you can, if you get lucky, you can ride them. It's like, you know, it's like busting a Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) What now? Um, My word. Uh, Perhaps we ought to um, find such treats or um, something to obfuscate our scent. I agree. Max has an idea. Goblin farts. <laughs> I do not want to smell like goblin farts. That's, yeah, that's not a good idea. I was thinking rather that we are close to the water and perhaps there are some fishermen who have disposed of fish um, guts and heads and we could perhaps put together a sack of that and um, cover up our tracks. Hey, works for me. Yeah, who's getting their hands dirty? Well, I believe I was the one with the suggestion, so someone else should um, oh, do the work. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Back to her tea. Of course. Uh, Max, will, uh, <laughs> Max will quickly run to see if there's any refuse or anything like that that we could use to kind of toss. and. You know what, Max? It's water deep. Throw scent off the trail. You find garbage everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're actually, you're able to find sort of a uh, an area where it looks like some fishermen have cleaned up um, the, the evening's catch. And uh, there's a pile of fish guts that the dogs haven't gotten to just yet. I'll grab some of that just, um, just to have on hand, just in case. All right, let's do this. We have our pattern. We know which way to go. These guards are limited at best in their concentration and their caring, so I feel like we should be able to just get there. My my biggest concern is getting out, but I think if we're leaving, it'll be easy to just leave. Well, I may have a plan if it comes to that. Does your plan involve me, you know, using my fists? No, I believe we might be able to... Um, Deceive these ah, nuts. These guards seem rather dim-witted, if you ask me, based on your, you know, assessment. Yeah, I was kind of hoping, you know, I'd get a little chance to do some boxing here. It's been a few days. Well, I'd, I'd rather we not get into a situation where animal cruelty is um, involved. Oh, not the animals so much. We'll take care of them. Gilly is not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> So are you uh, uh, making your approach into the the shipyard? Yes. Yes. I think that that is a good idea. How much time has passed since uh, Team Small has uh, has been doing this? Done a reconnoiter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great word. One hour. Yeah, it lasted. took one hour. Okay. That's as long as the um, the blessing lasted and, um, and the Countess can cast it again. Probably on somebody who has the least amount of stealth. Like yourself? Like myself or Celine. Mm-hmm. Celine, what, what's your stealth? Plus three. Oh, then she shall cast it upon herself. <laughs> I think that works. If you want to trick them, I can also give you bardic inspiration. It's only 10 minutes, I believe, so it's definitely not as long, but I can cast it on you as an, a bonus action if we get into a little bit of a tizzy. I shall give you a signal in that case. And she just does this little, like, twirl of one of her fingers. I would like everyone to make stealth checks with advantage. Sweet. 
the Countess was so close to a 23, but it was a 22. (laughs) (laughs) Celine got a 20. Gilly got a 17. Max got a 21. Dorian isn't being stealthy. No, he's not. He's being surreptitious. You are all able, with the help of the, the fish guts and the, the knowledge of the pattern that you identified, you're all able to make it to the ship quietly enough that you're unnoticed. Okay, great. Um, Gilly's going to post up kind of watch on the ship while the investigator types do more investigating. Max is going to climb as quickly as possible up and into the ship. Selene is going to race him? <laughs> yeah, uh, contested acrobatics. All right, contested acrobatics. Let's do this. <laughs> That's a three on the dice for an eight for Max. <laughs> Celine got a 12. <laughs> nice. Don't forget, she was in the circus for quite some time. That is very true. And has a tail. <laughs> right. Yeah. She has a tail for extra. <laughs> Damn it. And her, and her legs are quite longer. <laughs> um, you both make it to the top, but Celine makes it up well before Max. She just kind of sneers at him. Mm-hmm. And then- you know, stands up. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> the Countess will uh, make her way up uh, with much more care. <laughs> uh, Brad, what is Doran doing? Is the scaffolding navigatable by a dog? Yeah, there's a, a sort of ramp system that it looks like was used to bring up wheelbarrows and that sort of thing. So you can make it up. Doran will, will jump down to the dry dock. He is fine with taking fall damage because he can take consequence-free damage. <laughs> and then he'll just make his way up the scaffolding. I can roll... Great. He can roll stealth check if you need him to, to make sure. Well, why is that dog climbing that scaffolding over there? Uh, yeah, roll a stealth check. Thirteen. Uh, none of the guards even notice you head up. So now, um, Max, the Countess, Doran in mangy dock dog form, and Celine are all up in... Uh, the largest of the ships. It's not like a, a, a galleon that you would see in like Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that. Um, but there is one door that kind of leads down into the hold area. Otherwise, the actual deck of the boat just has like some benches for rowers, uh, one bracket in the middle where it looks like the mast will go, um, but it's not installed yet. And uh, some racks along the wall to hold um, weapons and shields and that sort of thing. Is there a captain's cabin? Um, no, there is not a captain's cabin. Celine wants to look around and kind of see if there are any sort of like containers or barrels or things that she could open, like quietly. Uh, there are not. Doran would like to roll a smell perception check to see if he can pick up on the scent of... I forgot her name. Odra. Odra. Yes, of course. Of Odra's scent. Dazbane. The scent of a woman. Hooah! Hooah! The scent of a giant barbarian woman. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. 19. Yeah, you definitely pick it up. And then, of course, follow it around. It leads down into the hold. Dorn will get to the uh, so stairway to the hold and kind of do the Scooby-Doo point with his nose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Yes. Let's, uh, shall we split up and sort of spread out through the hold and see what we can find? How large is the hold? It's pretty big. It's the, it, it runs almost the entire length of the boat. 
you also see uh, down at one end, there is kind of a table set up, and it looks like um, it's not permanent. Um, it's just something that, that has been put there temporarily. Uh, it's not a feature of the boat. And there are some items on the table, but it's at the other end of the boat, so you're not able to tell what they are. Does the scent trail lead to the table? It does indeed. Oh, let's go there. Are there any hiding spots as we make our way down that way? None that are obvious. Max, the detective, would love to check for traps as we are on our way. <laughs> go ahead and roll a perception check. All right, perception. Uh, four on the dice, nine total. You're not able to find any traps. That old question, was I not able to find them because there are not any there? <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to find out. All right, let's uh, make our way down to this table. Gingerly, quietly. Chris, do you remember off the top of your head how much damage purple worm poison does? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can look it up for you, though. I have a Dungeon Master's Guide right here. No, that's all right. Talk about a joke that only, like, longtime D&D players are going to understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Let's put it that way. A lot. <laughs> Too much. God damn it. I'll be rolling up a new investigator now. Maxine, the goblin detective. <laughs> what about Max, the ghost detective, though? Huh? Oh, Season ooh. two. I love it. Whoa. Oh, I like that. That seems sweet. <laughs> you guys, I, I smell an NBC sitcom. Goblin ghost detective. <laughs> I think it's ahead of its time now, but in a few years, they'll be knocking at our door. <laughs> we want that goblin ghost detective. <laughs> okay, so you head down to the table you definitely there are no traps no purple worm poison when you get to the table you can see that it's covered with um papers um lots of different papers some of them are writing and some of them are maps max would like to take a look and see what we find um max go ahead and roll an investigation check investigation one moment uh six on the dice 12 total um the papers with writing on them are ledgers Mostly like weapons and armor, that sort of thing. The maps are, uh, they seem to be, actually, I i want you to roll a wisdom check. Like a save or a check? Check. All right. Not my strong suit. Uh, seven, 16 on the dice, 17 total. Oh, actually, you're able to identify the maps. These are... Um, sort of the discovered coastlines of Cholt. While Max is looking at the table and the maps, uh, I, I'd like Celine to kind of like start looking at the floor under the desk. It's so like kind of knocking around and seeing if there's anything hollow in the in the space. Yeah, you you find. I'm not. It was that was so specific that I'm not even going to have you roll a perception roll. You find a kind of it's not it's not exactly a hidden door, but it's not exactly like an obvious door either. You find a little compartment um, under the table. Would you look at that? Seems that there's something uh, underneath the floorboards. Let me know if you need a small person to get up underneath there. And then she's gonna kind of like try to open it up a little bit and see if she can look inside. Purple worm poison. No. No. <laughs> Damn traps! Again! <laughs> you, uh, you open it up, and there is a, uh, there's a little box in there, and three tightly rolled scrolls. Ooh. I'm gonna take those out. 
Countess, would you like to do the honors? Oh, absolutely. That's lovely of you. And she's going to um, carefully un- unfurl um, one of the scrolls. So the the scroll that you unroll has shipping manifests um, for ships that have come north from Cholt. And you can see in the manifest that there's lots of uh, artifacts and even some uh, silver uh, that have been plundered from the southern continent. Do any of the names on the map ring a bell to her? No. The names on the manifest aren't from places. It's just the, uh, the ships that are coming north from Cholt. You don't recognize any of them. Okay. So she'll roll that one up and take a look at um, the others. More of the same. Some of them are richer than others. Some of them, um, you know, don't have as many artifacts or less silver. But uh, the wealth represented in a lot of these ships is pretty substantial. Is there a final tally on each of the scrolls? Um, Not one that's written, but we're talking about thousands and thousands of gold pieces. Okay. Worth of treasure and artifacts any indication on where it's headed after it gets to the port? No, these are uh, just shipments that have been delivered to Waterdeep and um, unloaded uh, at the Waterdeep Harbor. Is there a timestamp on them to show how recent they are? The oldest one dates back like four or five months ago. Uh, the, the second oldest is um, three months ago, and then the last is... Uh, like two months ago. The Countess would like to take a look over um, Max's shoulder and look at the historical maps and see if she um, recognizes anything from her history lessons. (laughs) Uh, Nothing substantial. It's just a a standard representation of the uh, Cholton coast. Any indication on where these shipments are coming from on these maps? There are paths sort of outlined on the maps, mm-hmm. routes through the Sea of Swords and around the Moonshay Islands. Those are represented with dotted lines. Uh, do any of the shipments um, sound like something that Celine might have known of going to any of the lounges that she worked at through her connections? That's a really great question. Actually, roll a... Maybe that's not a roll. That's just a really insightful question. You do know that um, fences have been moving a higher proportion of um, illicit antiquities in recent months. Um, it hasn't been enough to set off any alarm bells with uh, the the higher ups, the muckety mucks, as you will. That's what Gailey calls them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there definitely has been kind of an uptick in that. Is it? Uh, through any of the specific lounges that she worked at, or... No, just kind of across the city. I think we should secure all of this paperwork and take it with us as we go. How long ago was this fleet requisitioned again? Uh, 18 months? A total of 30 sh- uh, 36 ships in 18 months. A- 18 months total, but it was 10 months ago that they started the work, right? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and we had a note from... Uh, our meeting with the foreman about the Kalashite boys moving illegal antiquities out of Chult. Hmm. So that could be our next... They wanted Grucken to move something. He didn't want to move it. And now we're seeing his, theoretically, his ship with 
manifests of possibly their goods? So maybe Odra decided she wanted to do business with them. Gruckin wanted out of the game, but Odra wanted back in, so she axed him. <laughs> she axed his haft. Axe haft out. All right, we, f- we solved it. <laughs> we did it. We win! And we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Great game. <laughs> Season two of Deep Trouble coming next time. <laughs> Talia, remember that there's the uh, little box that was in there, too. I thought that's what the scrolls were in. Little box and three scrolls. Oh. Oh. Don't forget about this little thing. Aw, what's in the box? <laughs> I'm going to check it before I open it. It's not that kind of campaign, Brad. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and roll a, a perception check on it, Talia. Oh, that's not going to help. That's a one. <laughs> and I don't even get a plus anything. It's definitely a box. It's a box. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a box. I'm going to open the box. Um, no traps. There is a dagger inside. Good. <laughs> um, but it, it's a very strange dagger. It looks as if it were carved um, from some sort of bone um, or perhaps like a giant tooth. Um, and there are very intricate carvings all along what on a metal dagger would be the blade. Would one say it could be like a tusk, perhaps? Uh, yeah, it's possible. Is that a Chultish style? Um, no, this is uh, distinctively Luskin. Okay, so the Thrice Tusk Brigade, probably. Uh, no, it's it's much bigger than an Orc Tusk. This is it's a it's like a, a full size dagger. Okay, Countess, you you go for your. Oh no, I I thought perhaps um perhaps it was an Orc Tusk, but this seems rather larger. Um, perhaps Doran. Um, my dear, my dear, um, do you think this might be a dinosaur? Doran will do a nature check, yeah? Selene will kind of, like, bring it over to Doran. Ooh, yeah, roll that nature check. A natural one? (laughs) So that's, like, five. Mm. (laughs) Uh, you're not able to tell what it is. It's not bone, though. Whoa! (laughs) Uh, Doran will leave wild shape, then, and communicate that. I don't know what it is, but it's not bone. It doesn't smell like a dinosaur. Celine's going to do a nature check on it as well, because she uh, had that run in with the tree folk that kind of from her past. So she started studying a little bit of it. And so she knows probably not as much as a druid, but a little bit more probably than the rest of the folks. That is a 15. So this is a tooth but it's unlike any tooth that you've ever seen. It is, in fact, a tooth. I just don't know what it's from. Countess, is there any way that you can check to see if this is uh, magical in nature? I'm afraid not. I um, I came rather unprepared for detecting such things. But perhaps if we... If we um, manage to pilfer it, um, we could take it back to the office and... I could spend some time um, looking at my books this evening and um, and preparing the proper spell for it. Gilly? Yes? Roll a perception check, please. Uh-oh. Oh, my. Gilly got an 18. You hear the sound of a crossbow firing and the sound of someone dying quietly. That's not good. 
What will our intrepid investigators do next? And what sort of sneak attack bonuses does our crossbow assailant have at their disposal? You'll just have to tune in next week to find out. And yes, you heard me correctly. I did say next week. Next Thursday is American Thanksgiving, and we've got episode seven a week earlier than usual. Because um, uh, me, hi, Jason, a.k.a. Max, your editor-in-chief here at uh, Adventure They Wrote, I am going to PAX Unplugged the week after Thanksgiving, so we're juggling the schedule just a smidge to prevent me from having to produce before I fly. (laughs) Hey, as usual, I would love to say a huge thank you to you for listening. We've been receiving some really great feedback about the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for posting. Thank you for sharing it. And thank you for watching our Extra Life game that we did at Wizards of the Coast last Monday. You can find the VOD on Twitch and on YouTube, and we will be posting the audio of that as a podcast in the weeks to come. So stay tuned for that. Huge thanks to Greg Tito and to Shelly Mazenoble for giving up their Dragon Talk time to allow us to play some live streaming D&D for the first time for me and for a few of the other people on the cast. It was a really great experience. We raised a lot of money for charity. And I'm really excited that we got to do that. So thanks for tuning in. Once again, and as usual, I want to say thank you to Tabletop Audio for providing all of the ambiance. Not a whole lot of sound effects in this episode, but if you are looking to enhance your gameplay at home, check out tabletopaudio.com. Tim has all sorts of 10-minute looped sound beds, sound pads with all sorts of cool sound effects. I love using his stuff, and we really, really appreciate him allowing us to use them. That's going to do it for Episode 6 of Deep Trouble. Tune in next week for Episode 7 and find out what happens after dark at Stone Mass Shipyard. The Adventure They Wrote podcast is copyright 2018 adventuretheywrote.com and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 4.0 International License. That means that you can share it, and we really encourage that, but you can't make any changes to it, and you're not allowed to charge for it. If you have any questions, visit creativecommons.org. Well, I'd, I'd rather we not get into a situation where animal cruelty is um, involved. Oh, not the animals so much. We'll take care of them. Gilly is not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was drinking. <laughs> oh no, he was eating. Oh, <laughs> oh, I was taking a great big, great big sip of Coke Zero right at the wrong time. Oh, well played. That stays in too. <laughs> oh, no. Twenty ways to kill a DM. <laughs> oh Jesus. <coughs> Coke Zero, not a sponsor, but I am taking calls. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, you might want to switch to water. It won't burn as much. It's a good thing you didn't have any of that honey wasabi that Jason was talking about. Right? Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Because the Coke did go up into my nose. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, very uncomfortable. Ooh. I don't want to, you know, send you to urgent care over here. Coke Zero fiasco. Oh, yeah, they don't have a checkbox for, like, Dungeon Master accidents <laughs> at Urgent Care. We could start a clock on our website that says, Day since last incident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's bubbly in my nose. Ooh, it tingles. <laughs> if you kill the DM, that counts as winning, right? That is how you win <laughs> D&D. <laughs> you beat the game. They said you can't win, but... Yeah, that is objectively winning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell us what to do anymore. <laughs>
Okay. So are you uh, uh, making your approach into the shipyard? How much time has passed since uh, Team Small has uh, has been doing this? Done a reconnoiter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great word. Um, like three hours. Okay. So. Um, oh, wow. Wait, three hours? Yeah. That's not good. Really? It took us that long to figure that out? Holy cow, we're slow. Well, to figure out the patterns and stuff. Yeah. Wild shape only lasts two hours, so. Yeah, you find Doran back uh, having tea with the Countess and Celine. <laughs> <laughs> Brad just ends up as Doran, naked, walking around on all fours. Yeah. Let's rewind then. One hour. Yeah, it lasted, took one hour. 